Ah, summer. The best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Who doesn't love shopping at Target? Did you know the all-new Target Circle is the free and easy way to get the most deals at Target? And when you pay with your Target Circle card, you can save an extra 5% your way every day. But wait, there's more. Now you've got a new way to save with Target Circle 360. With unlimited same-day delivery, Target Circle 360 is the fastest way to get your order to your door or someone else's. Right now, sign up for Target Circle 360 for just $49 for your first year of membership. That's $50 off the regular price. Visit Target.com slash Circle or the Target app for more details. Same-day delivery is subject to terms, applies to orders over $35. For 5% discount, restrictions apply. See program rules in-store or at Target.com slash Circle Card. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts i am all in with Scott Patterson, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hey, everybody. Uh, uh, this is Scott Patterson. Uh, I am all in podcast, iHeartRadio. And uh, we are uh, going to talk about Kiss and Tell, episode seven, season one. And we have a very, 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 very special guest and, and uh, a good personal friend of mine, Mr. George Bell. George Bell was the dialogue coach uh, uh, on Gilmore Girls. What, what season three through seven through the end of the run? You came in the, like yes. the first part of season three. Um, 
And my God, he saved the show. George literally saved the show. Oh, come on. (laughs) No, I mean, we were, we were kind of, kind of struggling along with all the dialogue um, until you showed up. And then when you showed up, it just, you know, the days became shorter, the scenes became better at all. You know, it all, it all got easier when you were there because you were helping us out so much. So, so let me, uh, let me tell everybody who the heck you are. And you've got quite an impressive resume, young man. So let me put on the specs okay. here. So, so you played <laughs> dual roles in, in Gilmore Girls. It was first as dialogues, set dialogue coach. And you also right. appeared as Professor Bell. <laughs> right. Fantastic. <laughs> and uh, you were in seven episodes from 2003, 2007. First time we saw you was season four. Uh, episode six and affair to remember. And the last time we saw you as Professor Bell was season seven, episode twenty. Lorelai, Lorelai, Lorelai? Question mark? Question mark? Anyway, um, George, what is a dialogue coach? What is it? What do you, uh, What do you do? What is it specifically that you do? Well, dialogue coach, not to be confused with dialect coach. Uh, dialogue coach is the keeper of the word, so uh, so to speak, and that. Uh, when uh, the, uh, the, uh, the executive producer, they want the dialogue pretty much word for word, uh, then I'm there to work with the actors to make sure they get it word for word. Um, dialect coaches are people like, if you talk with a British accent, a Jamaican accent, so it's an accent for dialect. But for me, it's dialogue. I don't give acting notes unless the actor would request it from me. I'm just there to be, you know, the person to read the lines with them and, and drill it in their head. And then after each take, I'll go up to them with my little trusty notebook to show them uh, if they got something wrong. And generally with my uh, my own method is uh, I try to write what the actor said incorrectly because quite often as an actor, you think you're saying the line correctly. And but then you're really not. So one of the first things you show them something they did wrong, they said, well, what did I say? So if you can show them what they said incorrectly, then more often than not, they can make the adjustment. Some actors, uh, I don't tell them what they said uh, incorrectly because it only would confuse them more. But other actors would like to know what they to make that adjustment. So I know how each actor worked on the show, what their method was, and uh, and I would work with them. Uh, under that framework. Oh yeah, really interesting. So, so I, you would approach me differently than you'd approach Lauren, than you'd approach uh, Yannick, or so. What were the differences? What were the differences? What was I like to to work with on set, and and how did you approach me? You really love to run the lines over and over and, yeah. and get it drilled in your head, right? Uh, which, which was great, um, and. Um, and also, you know, because I would come to your trailer, mm-hmm. which is nice, and quite often you would treat me with sushi. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> I always share, George. Uh, I always share. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> so, but uh, but no, we would we would work the scene and work the scene. You know, sometimes it, it took ten times, fifteen times, whatever it took mm-hmm. for you to feel comfortable, and then you were there. Um, uh, Lauren, she'd like to uh, just do maybe a couple of times and really at rapid speed. And also maybe just the cue line sometimes, like maybe a line or two, just to give it a cue. Mm -hmm. And so we would do that. Um, 
Alexis was uh, this, kind of the same. We would just do it quickly. And, uh, and also Lauren and Alexis, what they would do, they would write down their dialogue on the back of their sides because they said that that would help them memorize the line by writing down uh, their lines, which I actually incorporate that as an actor now. Uh, and it's true, it sometimes helps you when you write it down, it kind of somehow settles in the brain. Um, and then uh, uh, Kelly, because she's from theater, she, I mean, she'd like to run the lines. So most people, a lot were like you, they like to run the lines. Uh, but I think you were the most diligent in wanting to, uh, you know, to run the lines and really get it locked in so that you, you know, that you were ready. Uh, so, yeah, for me, it was about the, the comedic timing. It's if you don't have the lines cold, you, you can't really focus on the timing. And right. the, the, the last thing I wanted to do was screw up Lauren on a timing things because she had so many right. of those great lines and I didn't want to get in the way of that. And you can really, you know, kill a scene if your timing isn't there. You know, if you don't know right. your lines and that's that's the first thing. I mean, you got to that's the first rule of theater. You you, you come in walking. I mean, sorry, you, exactly. come, you, you, come, you walk in talking. You have, you have <laughs> exactly. to come in walking. You, maybe sometimes you walk in crawling or I, I have no idea. But uh, you, you've got you to know your lines. Um, exactly. Yeah. So what about on the set? What was the experience like? Were, were different actors uh, that you approached on set to correct their dialogue? Were they, you know, it can get a little testy sometimes because people get, <laughs> are, they're very tired. They've been there for 16 hours. And they blow, they do a, a brilliant monologue or a brilliant scene, and one word is off. And you have <laughs> to go up and deliver the bad news and say, listen. I was a sacrificial lamb. Yeah, I know, I know. You had a tough job, man. And you had to go up and you had to tell the director, you know, look, we got to do it again because they didn't get that one word right. And then you have to go up to whoever it was, you know, me or whoever and say, listen, uh, you know, you got that word wrong. And you're just like, oh, no, no, we can't right. use that take. <laughs> I mean, right. So, so what was that experience like for you? Well, that's also in part the reason why I would write down what the actor said if I could, because sometimes if it was so tiny, I could lobby in their on their behalf. Say, look, they just said this instead of that. You know, I mean, uh, you know, close enough. You know, uh, and especially it was helpful if Amy and Dan were directing because you know they were the final say. So with them, you know, they 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 would give you guys a little bit more leeway actually than some of the other guest directors right. uh so uh but yeah no and but i think for all of the regulars on the show they kind of knew the routine and so and so with when even though i was coming up there to give them the correction you know for the most part everyone took it in stride and they understood uh it was sometimes the guest actors that would kind of crash and burn and you know oh, yeah. <laughs> would want to uh, crucify me uh, because, uh, you know, they're like, what the hell, you know, <laughs> so I was like, sorry, you know, don't, don't shoot the messenger. Right. Right. You remember that guy, that nice guy, he was a little bit older and, uh, you know, he was an experienced Broadway theater actor and he just got this deer in the headlights thing going on about, and he looked at me and he goes, do we really have to go this fast? He goes, I said, yeah. We do, unfortunately. <laughs> we do. 
<laughs> he was like, I don't know if I can do this. I said, you can do this. If I can do this, you can do this. Um, yeah, you're right. They would, the, the guest actors would get shocked. Um, yeah. Yeah. They wouldn't realize what they were walking into the speed of it. You know, not, so. not, not at all. I, I think how I got professor bell, uh, is that many of the people who were playing the teachers, crashed and burned <laughs> and there was, there was there was one time uh uh this uh, lady who was a, a teacher jamie babbitt was directing mm -hmm. the uh, that, that episode i remember and so and i was in the hallway with her running the lines and everything like that and you know and, and she kind of had it but but i could see, i kind of see that look coming over them like uh-oh uh-oh danger bull weapons <laughs> and dungeon and, and she just quietly said I want to go home. <laughs> and I said, what? what? I can't do this. I want to go home. <laughs> I said, no, 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 no. You could. No, I, no, I need to go home now. <laughs> and so I said, oh, no, no, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. And so we ended up having to write cue cards uh, in the back of the classroom so she could read the lines because she just had so psyched herself out and couldn't take the stress of it all that we had to write it on cue cards. And, and that was the only way she got through it. Uh, and then um, I, I don't know if it was the actor that you were talking about. Uh, it was in the little movie theater. Uh, there was a couple, an, el an older guy, and he just, I had to literally, uh, especially for his coverage, just feed him every line. Mm -hmm. I would say the line, and then he would say the line. And then I would say the next line, and then he would say the next. That was the only way he was going to get through it. He just, he had just, that was it, you know. <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah, we, we had those moments. <laughs> oh, George, it was you know, you, you forget. It's been so long, and you forget what a pressure cooker the series was. I mean, the 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 yeah. reboot was a lot more relaxed. You yeah, know, it was. We it had was, more yes. time to prep uh, uh, the scenes and all that kind of stuff. But um, and they weren't as strict about the uh, the right. dialogue, right? Uh, because it was just Dan, uh, Dan and Amy directing, right? So they were okay. So that's why I, I tried to write it down so they could see, and it's like. And rarely did we have to go back and do it because of the dialogue. It was uh, unless it was just really, you know, like a whole line was omitted or something, or you know. And so, and I also I had to I wrote down what take, what was said on what take. So on take three, they missed this word or that sentence. On take four, uh, that was a better one, but but they missed this, but they got that one right on take. So they knew which one. So so she said, so we have it. I said, well, on take maybe two and six you have it mm -hmm. you know and so uh, so i'm um, it's really interesting so i'm gonna i'm gonna take us back a little bit how did you get the job as a dialect coach on the show carla mccloskey who mm -hmm. is a very very dear friend i uh i actually i sang in their wedding as uh her husband and i went to college together and we were uh theater majors oh and okay so let's tell let's tell the audience who carla carla is what what was her role over there Carla was the first AD, right. assistant director, mm -hmm. on, on the series, and she's like the main person, uh, you know, I mean, they, they're like the heartbeat of the show. Yeah. And so I guess when the decision was made in the third season to bring in a dialogue coach, in part, it was because they were going through script supervisors, like, <laughs> it was like a revolving door, you know, and finally, I yeah. think they realized, well, you know what, maybe it's too much to expect the script supervisor to do all what they do, and then to be on top of the dialogue, 
so they said, let's bring in, let's bring in a dialogue coach. And Carla said, I have just the person. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, uh, but I interviewed with uh, several other people, and I think they got it down to four people. And then the four of us interviewed with Lauren. Really? And yeah, yeah. So we interviewed with Lauren. And in, in the interview with Lauren, she said, now you're friends with Carla, right? I said, yeah, yeah. And I said, we're close friends. So I think that was my ace in the hole. And so, uh, and and I was selected. So that's how, um, and oh, and, I, and then I also interviewed first with, I first interviewed with um, Patricia Palmer and Amy. So I first- Patricia and, Palmer was a- uh, uh, um producer one, one of the supervising producers or one of the main producers of the show right yeah. right so so my first interview was with them and then i think they whittled it down to four of us who met with lauren and then lauren had the final say as to who she wanted and so uh, she selected me good decision and so that's how i got brought on board good decision. I remember, and i remember my first day you said i can't believe they did it they, they actually brought, the, they sprung some money and brought in a dial-up book. I can't believe they, you were like, you, didn't believe, you were really happy, you know, but you couldn't believe it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think, I think around season three, they were starting to cut the budget on craft service. So the craft service wasn't as, you know, I mean, it was nice. It was always nice, right? It's uh, nice. It, but it, it, craft services where you know all the food is, the snacks and the fruits and the veggies and right the, the water and the soda and all that stuff. But it it was, um, yeah. There they, there was there was always sort of a budgetary constraints to consider, and that's perfectly understandable. Those shows are very very expensive to produce. So, I mean, if you're doing right. multiple shows over there, you know you're gonna you're gonna try to. Try to keep it in line right. accounting wise, but uh, perfectly understandable. But anyway, um, that's so interesting. So, so yeah. And then tell us about when they were going to let you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think I quit four times. Really? I think it was about four times. Really? I think it was about four times. I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 Because it was uh, too but much? I do remember one time you were just. When you heard that, in uh, fact, who was it? Was it Dan Church, the sound guy, or someone? Usually, when you, uh, if you were uh, out for a few days, you know, they, uh, and then you come, <laughs> then you'd come up to the sound truck or something, and I think you said, uh, "Okay, so who got fired today? <laughs> who got fired this time?" And they said, "Well, George quit." And he said, and you said, "What?" Oh, no, 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 no. This can't happen. And you went to Patricia. You can't. No, this cannot happen. You can't. This can. No, we cannot lose him. We cannot lose him. You know, we're not going to let it. So and it didn't happen. You were the glue. Uh, I mean, we there's no way we we could have done that kind of work at that level um, without you. There's just no way it could happen. I mean, it's not like we we weren't going in each other's trailers running lines. Everybody's too busy. I mean, yeah, uh, everyone was busy doing their own other yeah. thing. And so so I was rushing around, you know, and I worked with everybody. If you had one line uh, as a guest actor, uh, if, if I had the time, I would go there and just, you know, give you that attention. Just make sure because quite often 
uh, especially for the guest actors, the first AD relied on me to see if they were, how they were doing. And I remember this one guy who was a minister and it was in the dinner scene uh, at uh, the Gilmore house. And when I ran lines with him, he just, it just, they weren't sticking. And, and, and so as I'm running the lines uh, where he's not looking at me and uh, Sean, Kavanaugh, who was the other first AD, uh, was looking at me, you know, to see how things were going. And I would, I did, did this. <laughs> so, and it was like, so then everyone kind of knew what was going on, you know, uh, so that no, it's not, you know, I would go to the director and say, uh, no, 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 you know, and I mean, I was the liaison between the actor and the uh, video village where the director and all the technical people would be, and especially for the guest actors, because I, I knew all of you guys' personality. I knew I knew if you were having a tough day or things were kind of, you know, uh, uh, you were struggling a little bit or, you know, this, you know, or you, there was no more correction should be given, you know. <laughs> and, I, and, and I would literally a couple of times with the directors, I would say, no. I wouldn't give him that note. That, no, no. Uh, Stay away from not a good time. You need to let him just let him know. Let him have another go at it. Because uh, they say, "Aren't you going to go in?" I go, mm -mm, mm -mm. "No, no. That they, uh, they're on the edge. You know, let right. them uh, let them uh, figure it out. You know, right. and so you know, unless it was something I absolutely had to go in. You know, uh, and so yeah, as I was there longer uh, and I felt more secure. You know, I felt I could make that call sometimes just to say no. And I and I would, you know, warn the, the directors, especially the new ones. Uh, no, uh, they're not having you right now. <laughs> so yeah, let them alone. <laughs> so you know. I don't know who it was, but and they were all delightful and they were all such good directors. But some of some of them, not not a lot of them, but some of them would come in. Uh, onto the set, uh, they'd leave Video Village. They 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 take their ears off. They 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 come into Video Village after every single take, and talk your ear <laughs> off, and right. just be like, "Really, this is happening again?" Like it's the second take, you know? Yeah, we'll we'll yeah, get right. there. We'll we'll get, you know. And it was just, and then they'd go to each actor, and it would take forever to do it. So um, so you were yeah. back there with a leash on them. That's that's interesting. I, I was yeah, oh, I was trying great. to like you say, you know, and most of the time the directors would listen to me, you know, and and take my lead. Um, uh, but sometimes they didn't, and they found out that I was right. So they they defied you. They didn't take your advice, and then they got chewed out a little bit. And they came back with like, their tail between their legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, uh, so yeah, it, that happened. And, and I, and, but also script supervisors. Oh my God. I had, uh, there were a couple of script supervisors who were just the very first script supervisor that, uh, when I first started, she started four days before me. And instead of her being happy that I was there to kind of relieve the pressure, she was very territorial and she was jealous uh, because, you know, the actress had taken to me so quickly and she was, she gave me all kinds of problems, you know, and, uh, and it was just like, 
I, I, so I'm just trying to help you out. You know, she, right. she one time she didn't even want me on the set. You know, and wow. uh, but eventually she was let go. And, and, you know, there was, like I said, a revolving door of script supervisors. And I, I probably into the sixth or seventh season, I can't remember, there was this one young girl who had come on and she was like trying to give me all kind of grief. And I, and I just pulled her aside, I said, uh, excuse me, but there's a reason why I'm still here. And I said, uh, you know, there have been a lot of script supervisors. So I would think that you would want to listen to what I have to say because, you know, there's a reason why I have survived. That's right. And so, it's not an easy place and, to survive. Right. No, no. And sure enough, I don't know, maybe she lasted two shows, maybe three episodes. I don't know. And then she was gone. George. So, George. You know. Wow. So, what a place. Yeah. It, a, it was it was something. It was like you know, the octagon uh, in there, wasn't it? It was like a Chuck <laughs> Norris film. Good God. Uh so yeah. let me let me ask you this. Uh um I wrote down this question. What was the script? Which script was the toughest one that you uh had the opportunity to coach on? Do you remember? If there was one particular script that, because they were all pretty dense with dialogue. So yeah. was there one particular yeah. that you remember? And if not, it's okay. We won't be. I, I, don't, I don't remember uh, a, a script per se. Uh, I think what I would do, I, I, I would judge if it, if it was going to be a tough day, depending upon the actor who was in and the amount of dialogue they had to do so certain actors who shall remain nameless uh weren't very good with dialogue handling dialogue okay. and some of the other roles and if they had a particularly uh big scene with a lot of dialogue i knew my work was going to be mm-hmm. uh kind of difficult that day because right. uh they just weren't quick with the lines no, didn't mean they weren't a good actor right it's just that certain people could retain lines pretty well and certain people couldn't. Um, uh, and so, so I, so if I saw on a particular day that a certain actor was in and I, and I look and I see all the pages and they had a lot of dog, I'm like, okay, we're going to have a long day today, <laughs> you know? And, and so, you know, and there were certain actors, you know, if I saw that they had a lot of dialogue uh, and they'd be like, okay, you know, uh, I know that they were going to, breeze right through it so uh so yeah it, it was so it's so not so much the script it was just the actor uh mm-hmm. and how well they you know <clears throat> could learn their lives and how you know how well they worked under pressure right so all right let's take a little break george great talking to you we're going to come back and uh and recap the episode this is scott patterson i am all in we'll be back after these messages Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. 
I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery, but that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily, as I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian Mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she, as my father believed, a witch? Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. This month, we're bringing you the stories of disappearing acts. There's the 17th century fraudster who convinced men she was a German princess. The 1950s folk singer who literally drove off into the sunset and was never heard from again. The First Nations activist whose kidnapping and murder ignited decades of discourse about indigenous women's disappearances. And the young daughter of a Russian czar whose legendary escape led to even more intrigue and speculation. These stories make us consider what it means to disappear and why a woman might even want to make herself scarce. Listen to Amanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. First of all, you don't know me. <laughs> We're all about that high school drama girl, drama girl, all about them high school queens. We'll take you for a ride in our comic girl, drama girl. cheering for the right team. Drama queens, drama queens, smart girl, rough girl, fashion but you're tough girl, you could sit with us girl. Drama queens, drama queens, drama queens, drama, drama queens, drama queens. Hey, this is Bethany Joy Lenz and Sophia Bush and Hillary Burton and we have a podcast called Drama, drama Queens. queens. I feel like it's a walk down memory lane that also might be a little bit of a stumble down memory lane. I mean, we'll have cocktails sometimes, so we might leave stumbling. Mm -hmm. I'm good with that. There are no fans like One Tree Hill fans. There is no family like our family. So we got together to do a rewatch podcast to relive the show as so many of you have so many times, because to be honest, we haven't. Yeah, we haven't seen it since 2002, 2003. We can't wait to take this trip down memory lane with all of you. What would our characters be doing right now? I think Haley would probably be, uh, I mean, she's got to be close to an empty nester now, right? Like um, Jamie's out of the house. Is she getting wild? 
she might she might be finally ready to live out those wild years that she cut loose uh, baby you know what i mean (laughs) i think it might be time i'm gonna say a lot of therapy (laughs) peyton sawyer is in so much therapy right now well not long ago i found my vote brooke davis for president pin i don't know is brooke davis a senator or something like a hundred percent yeah you can totally go for that there's so much cool stuff to imagine for them but before we can go forward we gotta go back to the beginning you nailed it (laughs) make sure you all listen to drama queens on the iHeartRadio app on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts hey thanks for listening don't forget to leave us a review you can also follow us on instagram at drama queens oth or email us at drama queens at iheartradio.com see you next time we're all about that high school drama girl drama girl all about them high school queens we'll take you for a ride in our comic girl drama girl cheering for the right team drama queens drama queens smart girl rough girl fashion but you're tough girl you could sit with us girl drama queens drama queens drama queens drama drama queens drama queens all right everybody we're back i'm scott patterson i am an all-in podcast iHeartRadio. we're here with the uh, dialogue coach from Gilmore Girls from season three to season seven, all the way to the end. George Bell, who also played Professor Bell, did seven episodes in this series, a consummate uh, actor in his own right. Um, George, I have a question for you. Okay. Who was the best at reading their lines and who needed a little more help? Be honest. Ha! Oh, God. Okay. Um, <laughs> if I were going to give um, medals out for best with lines, yeah. I would say Liza, Sean Gunn. And we know that Liza played Paris and Sean Gunn played Kirk. Well, Lauren, what, what amazed me about Lauren is that she kind of almost had like a photographic memory so that she would come to work and, you know, without having even looked at the, the, the lines, and, but she could process it. And I don't, I, I, she must have a photographic memory or something mm-hmm. because she was so quick with learning the lines. That's, that's what you get when you grow up reading books. Yeah. And when you live in yeah. books and you have that, that capacity. So it's, it's a very special skill, you know. Now, people who kind of struggled with lines doesn't mean that they weren't a good actor. Let me, I want to make that clear. Mm-hmm. So wait a minute, you wouldn't put me in that category with the, the top people with the lines? I don't, I don't get in there. No, you learn your lines, but they learned them quicker. Okay. Is that what you read? So, <laughs> I mean, no, you knew your lines. I mean, I always felt good after we, I left your trailer. Right. I knew that, okay, he's rock solid. Just don't be in your eye line, that's all. Don't get in my eye <laughs> yeah, line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was always fun, you know, because I would always clear it with you wherever I was on the set when you were doing the scene. You would tip I would be like, you would tip Scott, me. Scott, I'd like, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I go someplace else. I have another place for, for your eye line. So, you know, so it's like, okay, so it's a good place for your eye line. <laughs> No, we always, we had our routine that we always right. did. Um, now, for for the actor that needed a little more work, and I think he would actually admit it, 
that that he wasn't on top of his lines. Uh, it's Jackson, uh-huh. so Sookie's Sookie's uh, uh-huh. husband uh, in the series, and you know he directed a couple of episodes too. And you know, good friends of Amy and Dan. Uh, but yeah, uh, even if he had a few lines, sometimes it, it, it just wouldn't stick. Uh, so I had to I had to kind of you know work with him. Um, you know, to make sure, uh, I'm trying to think who else, oh, bless her heart, Liz Torres, Miss Patty. Liz is one of those people that, you know, I would not, I don't tell her what she said wrong. Cause she would say, no, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. You know, cause I get, I, you know, I get confused, you know, don't tell me. <laughs> so, so I would just give her the correction. Uh, she was a hoot. Uh, <laughs> let me see. Oh, Sally Struthers was pretty good with lines. Yeah. Um, um, and with the two of them together, they, they were just such a joy on the set. To, uh, they would crack up everybody. Um, uh, oh, you know who actually was pretty good? It uh, was Yannick, because uh, French is his first language. So he really wanted to, you know, be uh, on top of his dialogue. So, uh, uh, but, I, but if I were going to give a gold medal, I, oh, and Kelly. Kelly was really good, too. So, uh, uh, um, I mean, everybody of the reg- every all the regulars, pretty much. It was, it was. Oh, your sister. Oh, what's that name? Liz? Was that her name? Yeah. Lover, lover to death. Lo- wonderful actress. Yeah, she's wonderful she actress. She was great. But, uh, but a lot of actors come from the school of improv where, you know, you, you know, as long as you get close to the lines, it's okay. And that was her yeah. thinking. And so for her to be, to, to get to lock in, to say the line exactly as written, yeah. that was a challenge for her. Yeah. I mean, but she was just a wonderful actress. But yeah, I remember yeah. Uh, her, her uh, I'm having to really run lines with her quite a bit to, and giving uh, giving her a lot of corrections because uh, of, of that. So, so yeah, that was that was uh, uh, a challenge for her. But uh, uh, but again, like I said, th- they were all great actors. Um, and I just know that certain actors I'd have a little more work to do than other with uh, than others. Kathleen so. Wilhoit. Yes. 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 Uh, Wonderful she, actress. She uh, and uh, a sweet girl. She no, was so sweet. She's she was great. She was great, and she did yeah. a great job. She oh, did, she was she, perfect she did for that really role. Oh, she, job. yeah, she and uh, Michael Dan Louise, I love <laughs> them. Yeah, they were great. They were, they were yeah, great. those were really great days on set when those two were there. Absolutely. Um, so, what was it like as Professor Bell to be on the other side of the camera? It was probably one of the most stressful days of my life. Really? really? Yes. Because how that all came about, uh, you know, on. Uh, the, the, you know, it takes eight days to do an episode. And usually the eighth day is the longest day because if we had problems or we had to, uh, if we didn't get to all the scenes that day, then we put it on the back end and we had to get everything done on that eighth day. And I remember this eighth day was on a Monday. So we, Monday's our earliest day. So we had gotten up really early that morning and to, and to try to get everything done. I think we were, it was getting around six or seven o'clock that evening. 
so we, it was already 12, 13 hour day. And then the next thing I know, they come up to me and say, George, guess what? You're going to be Professor Bell uh, in the next episode. I went, oh, really? I said, oh, that's really nice of them. Oh, great. You know, I thought, okay. And I said, okay. And so then they, they, they gave me the script. I said, so now uh, when am I doing this? You know, tomorrow. Tomorrow? Okay. And you're first up. I'm first up and it's tomorrow and we haven't finished with this episode. And then I looked and it was a page and a half monologue. <laughs> and I was like, when will I have time to learn this? You know, you're already brain dead anyway, because you're tired. Mm. And so, so I'm trying to look at the lines and learn the lines between takes and when we're moving from one set to the next, you know, and I'm like, and then of course the added pressure is that now the shoe is on the other foot. I've got to now, you know, it's like <laughs> all the other actors, I'm sure like, mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Now let's see you do it. <laughs> you know? oh, God. And so, and so I went to the first AD and I said, is there any way you can put me toward the end of the day? Not first up. She said, no, because of the it, moving, it just makes the most sense. And I said, but I have no time to learn this. So anyway, uh, I didn't sleep much that night at all. And in fact, I think around about three or four o'clock in the morning, my doorbell rings with changes to the dialogue and i'm like then i thought am i being punked i mean is this is this is this for you know and so and so and just enough to screw you up and so when i walked in to do that scene i was like a walking zombie now i must say watching the scene i must be a good actor because i was dying on the inside but i looked calm on the outside you know and i i got through it you know i it wasn't my best work but at least I got through it uh, to, I guess, break the curse of the teacher or the professor, uh, because then they gave it to me several more times. But and the other times I had enough time to learn the lines and feel comfortable. But that very first time I was in Rory's classroom, I was I think I was a philosophy or a sociology professor. And I'm not even I don't have anyone else to the lines to bounce off of. It's just me talking. Mm -hmm. and talking so it's all just all on me <laughs> i was just uh, i was just like uh, uh oh, yeah. the stress uh all so right. uh, yeah that was one of that probably was my hardest day you, uh, uh, working on the show you were probably the most versatile actor of all of us because you had to play so many different roles when you were dial uh were coaching all of us right so you'd go from one to the other to the other i mean you probably do five or six every morning and then you do more <laughs> at lunch and then throughout the day so you were you were playing all the characters and they you know amy probably just said boy this guy can do anything let's see he can do oh, professor no. bell we, and who cares if he, he he can learn his lines no big deal he's a die he's a no they you know what the, the reason why they were giving me all those little uh parts was partly uh the, i think one of the times i quit uh one of the things i wanted uh, is you know your, your health insurance so and i wanted to get it as an actor They're so i had negotiated that they pay me as an actor right. and i needed to make a certain amount of money uh to uh so i could get plan one which was the better plan for health insurance so uh oh i i remember uh one episode i think the knit the knitting one, I think I say one word uh, 
20, I think is what I said, uh, by counting down the seconds, and I say 20, and I got top of the show uh, payment. Wow, <laughs> they paid wow. Because it, it was all going toward my, I tell you, Amy uh, did things for me that, you know, I wouldn't get on any other show. For the audience, uh, the top of show means when you get a guest star role, that they're paying you as the top guest star, which which gives you what five thousand dollars or whatever it is or whatever it is now six six now you got six you got six grand, so that's fantastic. And for one word, and you and you need to uh, accumulate uh, a certain amount of money earned in any fiscal year for the union to uh, give you those lower rates on your health insurance, and if you don't accomplish that, then you lose your health insurance. It's, it's, it's very tricky and it doesn't matter how good a year you had for 10 years in a row, you could be making millions of dollars. But if you don't, if you don't continue, uh, uh, hitting their minimums, they'll, you lose your health insurance. So that's a very, very big deal. Yeah. That's a nice thing. Good for you. Good, good, good. Yeah. Um, so why don't we get into the episode recap? You watched kiss and tell last night. I did. And what, I did. what were your impressions? What did you think? Everybody's so young. <laughs> I said, "Oh my God, look how young everybody is! Like little babies, you know." But it was it was great, uh, you know, just to kind of uh, go down that road. I mean, also because I didn't work on that that episode, right. but you know, I mean, I knew I knew the set, and I, you know, of course, I know all the actors, and so it, it was fun just seeing everybody and and uh, just how wonderful the show uh is i mean that it's 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 just it's like comfort food it's just a great show yeah you know um what did you think you know the thing that really jumped out at me about kiss and tell was um dean was yeah. it, it really developed a little bit uh dean's background and where he came from and what he was all yeah. about and uh you know when he i i was really surprised when he kissed her in, in Dozy's market, I was very, very surprised, which, 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 which really spawned one of the funniest lines, laugh out loud lines from Mrs. Kim played so beautifully by Emily Kuroda, uh, was to Lorelai when she came in and that's when Lorelai found out about the kiss from, because, em, you know, because Mrs. Kim thought she knew, says your daughter's, you know, getting kissed. She's, she's kissing or making out in Dozy's market and, you know, this is where we buy our food. <laughs> it's <like> hysterically <laughs> funny, uh, but I I was a little surprised by that. You know, the the Chicago kid coming into t the little town and then you know grabbing right. the, the pretty girl and just just planting one on her at work. And I just thought, boy, right. that's a bold move. It was very bold. Very, very confident bold. young man. Um, yeah, well, they had a lovely chemistry, the two of yeah. them. It really, they really did. I, uh, well, all, all three of her boyfriends, you know, uh, Dean, uh, um, uh, Matt, and Milo. I, you know, I mean, those are my boys. I, I, I didn't, I didn't. Re oh, okay. So, but I didn't realize, you know, Jared was such a good actor at such a young age. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was eighteen he really years old. He was literally yeah. just like out of high school, or maybe he was still in high school. But I think he graduated high school. And then he's on the set of Gilmore Girls, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he was just like as fresh as it gets. And he was good at 18. Oh, he was excellent. He was excellent. I, and I think he got cast uh, in that um, 
the uh, was it Jamie who's that was the casting director? Okay. Uh, uh, oh, well, or Mara, somebody. Mara Casey, the, what, Jamie Rudolski. Uh, when, when we did uh, one of the fan fests, uh, she was telling how they found Jared because uh, they had been looking and looking and looking. And I guess when he came in or something, because I don't know if he was leaving to go somewhere, but uh, he read and she went running into Amy's office and said, oh, you got to come. You know, I, I think we found I think we found him. I think, you know, and 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 Amy was like, <laughs> and so and, and they went in and he read. And sure enough, mm. you know, that was Dean. Great story. So, Great story. Yeah. Great story. And I believe Dean uh, uh, was uh, recast uh, uh, when uh, the original Dean was Nathan Weatherington. Um, and Dean came in and uh, sort of uh, took over that role from good old Nathan. But so what did you think? And also, you know, this episode, this kiss and tell really... Um, my God, I mean, the uh, uh, Rory, the Rory and Alexis was so vulnerable and sweet. And, and you know, it really defines what that town was all about and being raised yeah. in that town to produce a girl that was, you know, so vulnerable and so sweet and so and and, and this the, the flush of, of young love. And my God, he kissed yeah. me and he ran. She ran to 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 Kim's antiques and told Lane all about it. And they giggled and it yeah. was like, wow. And it's like, it, it hit me. It, you know, it hit me before, but it really hit me right between the eyes. Why people love this show so much and, and keep rewatching it and rewatching it is because this is so well done. I mean, yeah. to do those kinds of emotions in, yeah, a young person, a middle-aged person, an old person to do that at that level is difficult. You don't see that. I mean, that's oh, yeah. film quality. That's like high-end film quality, yeah. emotional life, writing, acting on a little screen from the WB. And it's confusing oh, and it because so it's well like, cast. Yes. So well cast. I mean, really these, was. these young kids, man, they were so good. They were so natural oh, God, and so yeah. good. They never pushed. They never, you know, you you never you never caught them overacting or uh, right. just just great stuff. Um, oh yeah. I thought he crossed the line a little bit with uh, the scene. You know, she invited him over to for movie night, which was one of the which one is another hysterical scene when. When, right. when when Lauren told Alexis that she'd done that, invited yeah. Jared over, right, and, right, uh, and and you didn't see the look on Eric uh, Alexis Alexis's face, but you saw Lauren. They they right. favored her coverage, her what they right. consider a close up, which is you know from right. sort, of, sort of the navel on up. Um, and Lauren just went, uh, and why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> right, exactly. a horrified, a horrified yeah. child. Like you did what? <laughs> it was such a great scene, such a great yeah. scene. And but then you know, after uh, uh, Lorelai gave um, Dean her little like, if you hurt my kid, you're dead kind of speech. Right. Uh, which of course has to happen, but it really surprised me that she took that much liberty, knowing that if Alexis ever found out, it was going to be you know trouble in River City, like you know, because Dean's going to say, "Boy, your mom really scared me a little bit." But you know, he doesn't scare. 
He didn't right. scare. No. He, I mean, he, he, he was, stood. he, he stood was, he was so in his own skin, that character that he said, now, is it my turn? Can I, can I speak now? And then he said that, 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 I need you to like me and this kind of thing. And I just thought, boy, that kid is ballsy. Boy, he really I, I was a, a little, yeah, I'm just like you. I was a little taken back by that. I, I was, was like, too. Whoa. I was yeah. too. But yeah, it says so much about the character. Right. right. It's a, right. it's like, it's not the writing. It's like, it takes you aback. It's, 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 I mean, it is, but it's the, it's what that character says. He draws yeah. a line and he says, listen, I'm an equal too. He's right. 18. <laughs> He's yeah. 18 years right. old. And I'm here to, you know, I'm here to stay, you know, wow. I'm in for the long haul, wow. you know, so, which was, which was nice. I mean, and, and, and I love the fact that, that, that she did say that this town loves Rory and that mm-hmm. the, everyone will be watching because it's so true. We're all everyone watching. loves yeah. Rory. And, and so that, uh, and of course he's aware of it, uh, that, uh, that she is this special, special person that, uh, you know, you do something wrong with her, you're going to have a whole town to deal with. Yeah. You know? so. that, that was an amazing, amazing scenes, amazing scenes. Really, really yeah. funny. Was was Sean in? Because uh, no. there was no Mm-mm. Kirk in Mm-mm. it yet. Was nope. he? So he was. And no Emily or, or Richard either. It was. It was. Yeah, uh, I did, yeah. I didn't see it them. was devoid yeah. of Emily and Richard. Um, so you know, I wrote down uh, some great lines uh, uh, when she was telling uh, 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 Lane about the kiss and yeah. where it happened, what aisle, and Lane says, "Oh, that's a great aisle." He says, "Well, why is that a great <laughs> aisle?" And she says, "Well, because that's where you got kissed." <laughs> and then at the right. end of the show, she's telling her mother, she's telling Lorelai about it. And she says, great says, aisle. Yeah, that's a great aisle. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, no, that's very clever. But, but that's, you know, that scene, that episode for me really brought into focus as to why um, that show is so beloved. That was such a charming episode. Oh, know, yeah. Because everybody's yeah. been through that man, woman everybody's been through that first kiss and it was just so iconic. The whole episode was so iconic and so funny. My yeah. God. I mean, I was laughing out loud through the whole thing. Oh I mean, yeah. I mean, the whole get, town knew about the kiss. Everybody knew about it. You know, in, in comedy films, right. They say, uh, every laugh, every big laugh is worth $20 million at the box office. There were five big laughs in the first 10 minutes of this thing. Of, the, of this episode, <laughs> and and usually all of the episodes. I mean, you're getting twenty, twenty five big laughs throughout the whole thing, for, uh, in yeah. the hour, and it's yeah. what forty minutes because they're doing twenty minutes of commercials, right? Unbelievable. Exactly. Um, yeah. No. Just, just knockout stuff. Anyway, um, we're gonna take another break, and we come back. George Bell and I are going to do something that we have never done on this podcast before, and we may never do again depending on how this goes. We are going to walk the tightrope <laughs> a la the Walenda family here with our fan base, the most dedicated uh, fans in the world, the best fans in the world. And uh, yes, they are. so we're going to take a little break. I am Scott Patterson. I am all in podcast. I heart radio. We'll be right back after these messages. 
Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024. And we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question, it's going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you on our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. This month, we're bringing you the stories of disappearing acts. There's the 17th century fraudster who convinced men she was a German princess. The 1950s folk singer who literally drove off into the sunset and was never heard from again. The First Nations activist whose kidnapping and murder ignited decades of discourse about indigenous women's disappearances and the young daughter of a Russian czar whose legendary escape led to even more intrigue and speculation. These stories make us consider what it means to disappear and why a woman might even want to make herself scarce. Listen to Amanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back, everybody. I'm Scott Patterson. I am all in podcast, iHeartRadio. We're here with George Bell, dialogue coach of Gilmore Girls, season three through seven. We're going to do a little acting here. We're going to enact. We're going to reenact a scene 
from Kiss and Tell with Luke, Lorelai, and uh, uh, Alexis in this scene. This could be a, this is a diner scene. I believe that it's a diner scene. Are you ready to critique us, George, and help us out? I am ready. Oh, good. I got my laptop here and I'm looking. (laughs) So it'll be a challenge for me because I don't have my pencil. All right, here we go. Let's just take a crack at it. Danielle, Riley, are you ready? You ready Ready. to rock and roll? Sure. Uh, Let's go. go. All right, ready? Anawana, Anatua, coffee? Oh, come on, man. Are you, you mad at me too? I mean, a man can choose whether or not he wants to... A picture of a fat, stupid bird on his wall. And oh, my God, that's the reason damn pilgrims came here in the first place. Luke, I wasn't snubbing you. I didn't even hear you. Now I'm concerned about you. Sorry, I'm just feeling a little persecuted lately. Coffee? Please. You okay? Yes, I'm fine. You don't look fine. Well, thank you. Well, I am just might be a little concerned. Preoccupied. You look concerned. Well, I'm not. Well, it's fine. You just look at it. Hey, you know some streamers will look great in here. Okay, I'm done. Thank you. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, hey, save your apologies for the Indians, Missy. People are really in a giving mood today. The horn of plenty is packed. That's great. Do you want some coffee? Oh, no, I'll just have a sip of yours. I have to get right back. Oh, really? I thought we were having lunch today. I can't. We're one pilgrim short. I only have a couple minutes. Oh, you've been really busy lately. Yeah, I guess... I guess it's that end of year rush. I mean, we haven't really even talked in a couple days. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. Anything. Okay. Did you read the article in the newspaper about the polar ice caps melting? Yeah, yeah. Woo, big deal. Fine. You pick the subject. Okay, great. I was watching General Hospital the other day, and you know they have a new Lucky because the old Lucky went to go play something where he could have a real name. So the old Lucky had this girlfriend, Liz, who thought that he had died in a fire. So then they bring on this new Lucky, and you're all like, okay, I know that that's not the old Lucky because the new Lucky has way more hair gel issues. But still, Liz was so upset about this supposed death that you could not wait until you see them kiss, you know? When do you have time to watch General Hospital? Okay, let's get back to the point. What do you think about the whole Liz, Lucky, kissing thing? I think they're actors being played to play a part, so it's nice that they're living up to their obligations. Rory. Look, we can finish this meaningful conversation later. I promised Lane I would get right back. Okay, I'll see you later. Okay, bye. I'm not going to say you look concerned. I'm not going to talk about how good you would look dressed as one of the guys from The Crucible. Fair enough. Wow. Wow, that was awful. Gaps gaps you could drive trucks through. (laughs) Drive, George? Well, the speed of the dialogue was good. I would would say, okay. uh, Normally, if people are too slow, I'll say, okay, that was great. Now, Gilmoreize. You know, so it's like, they say, what? Speed it up, baby. Speed it up. the only uh, let me see whoever was uh, who was reading Rory. There was just one little tiny thing in that last page. Instead of uh, you said, uh, "Look, uh, we can finish this very meaningful," but it was, "Look, can we finish this very meaningful conversation later?" So you, you kind of inverted that, and I have a, like a little symbol where I said you inverted that. Uh, there were just a couple of little flubs where you guys kind of repeated the word a second time. And I would probably put a little circle with a two X by that saying, okay, you said that word twice, you know, it's just one time. George has uh, symbols. And, He's got symbols. Uh, He's got his own language. Yeah. So I have all these symbols. <laughs> you, you've seen my script. Yes. <laughs> you've seen 
it's like chicken scratch all over the place, you know. George, what about how terrible the acting was? It was really Scott. Scott, you were great. You were no, great, I Scott. Wasn't. But but oh, the others. It's like they forgot they were acting. Oh, it's awful. So as I said before, as a dialogue coach, mm. I don't give acting notes unless the uh, actor specifically asks me something in re- regards to the acting. Danielle uh, Riley, why don't you ask George how good your acting wasn't? <laughs> well, actually, what I was going to ask George is from a scale of one to ten for a dialogue, what would you give us? Ten being great, one being really bad. I would give you guys, because you see, you must remember, you had the dialogue right in front of you. It's a whole different oh. ball game when you're doing it from memory. Uh, so you don't have that safety net. But I'd give you an eight. Nice. Oh, nice you know what? Score. Well done. I can go to sleep happy tonight. I got an eight from George. I'm good. Well, part of being a di- being a dialogue coach is you have to be somewhat of a diplomat. You know, you got. <laughs> I give so. it a solid two. <laughs> Thank you, Amy. <laughs> it actually made me realize, like, wow, the show is so good because they are so bad. Acting's hard. <laughs> Acting's not easy. It's not easy. It's not, it's it's not, not. easy. It's hard. Anybody that tells you acting's easy, uh, and and then and then uh, put in like especially for you, Scott. You're in a uh, at your diner, you know, so you got a whole lot of props and things. Yep. You pour in the coffee, mm-hmm. you get in the donuts, you're getting the food orders, and and then and while saying all these lines at a rapid speed, uh, so you got to get all those actions in as well as. Uh, the dialogue, right. and then you have to match it every take. And you have to match it every single take, and you have to match it on the mediums shots and the close-ups. Exactly. you do it again and again yeah. and again. And again. Because <laughs> yeah, then, then I'm there with my trustee. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm scared of George's pencil, for oh, sure. No. Pencil. Oh, baby. I went George, a lot of lead on my pencils. <laughs> you get a 10 out of 10. We love you. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. George was always a breath of fresh air. To come to the set and see George, everybody would smile. He'd put a smile on everybody's face. Um, Georgie boy, how you doing, man? Huh? I'm good. I'm good. You know, just hanging in there. uh, Just taking it one day at a time. So glad that the the pandemic seems to be easing up now. And so that uh, we can maybe get back to some normalcy or some type of normalcy have you been so, in touch with anybody from the cast carla uh and uh, patty malcolm uh lauren stand-in patty malcolm right um and who else do i uh what are, have you have you heard from rich uh my stand-in no i, no. I haven't heard i haven't seen or heard him in years yeah. um I mean, you know, and of course, with those fan fests, I'll, I'll see the people mm-hmm. usually then. Uh, so I'll see Emily and Keiko and uh, uh, some of the some of the regulars who've been doing it every every year. So, uh, uh, you know, and I'm Facebook friends with certain people. So I so I'll see their posts. Right. Uh, but I, uh, I'm going to see Sean. I, I'm going to see Sean at the end of July. We're doing a convention together in Connecticut. At Mohegan Sun, July 29th through August 2nd. So, 
Sean Gunn? Sean, yeah. Sean and I have done a oh, couple yeah. of Tell conventions. Tell him I said, hey, together. give oh, him a big hug for me. I will. He's he's great. We did a panel together. Uh, I think where, God, well, I can't remember. Somewhere in the, I think it was Charlotte, North Carolina, mm-hmm. someplace. Um, but uh, yeah, I see him. I see Milo on the convention circuit. Um, we did uh, a panel together uh, in Houston at the Pandemic Tour. So yeah, I get to see these guys. Uh, yeah, on the road my, in, in working situations, my, you know. Oh, hey, you know, for the when we did the uh, reboot, I remember Milo. One of my favorite stories about him was that uh, we, we had been working that day earlier that day, and then I think we we're getting ready to read the next script, uh, which he was that was just going to be his first uh, appearance in the reboot, and we do it on our lunch break. So I know I had been working all that day and, you know, and so then I, so then we go over to the place where we're going to do, read the script. Well, I had, I had to go to the bathroom because it was, it was like, okay, you know, because the scripts are really thick. And so, and so, so I'm, I'm rushing uh, to get, get to the bathroom and Milo sees me and it's the first time he's seen me in years. He was so excited. He followed me into the men's room. <laughs> and he comes in the room. He said, I'm sorry, George, don't think me weird, but I'm just so excited to see you. I just have to come and give you a hug. <laughs> I, I said, oh, oh, okay. Uh, well, let's do it now. <laughs> we do it, I do anything else. <laughs> so, so he gives me a big old hug in the bathroom. At least he didn't do it during, right? Yeah, there you go. No, uh, no, no, no. Uh, I hadn't gotten to that point yet. Uh, you know, okay. he, he got to me before. So, you know. <laughs> But yeah, all three of those guys. I mean, I just love them to death. Uh, uh, Jared, Milo, and uh, Matt Super. Yeah. They're all just. They're, yeah, I'm just so happy for all of them that they're doing well they're and doing successful. Very well, they're doing very, very yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, Georgie, how about time? It's time for rapid fire. You ready for rapid, rapid fire? fire? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna fire some questions at you rapidly. Okay. And I would like to ask for rapid answers, if you don't mind. Rapid Here answers. we go. Ready? Okay. How do you take your coffee? Cream and sugar. Can you smell snow? No. Are you team Logan, Jess, or Dean? All three. Who's the daddy? Have no clue. Best memory of Gilmore Girls? Oh, God. Sushi, uh, sushi just, with Scott. Sushi with Scott. I can't. I can't. Uh, everything. Uh, just the actors. The, the Being with all the actors. Show you're binge watching right now. Um... Uh, well, I just saw one episode of Loki on Disney Plus, uh, but I think I may start back on Gilmore Girls after watching the episode yesterday. I was like, oh, it's been a while. Cast member you texted most recently, and I think we know the answer to that one. Patty. Oh, I thought it was me. Oh, that, that text message? Oh, yeah, it would be you. Yeah. You texted Patty. Te- you text- just texted me before we went on the air, huh? Oh, no, no, no. What's going I text- on with yeah, Patty? yeah. What's happening? I, I texted Patty just before to say that I was going to be doing the podcast. So. Then I, then I got your text. All right, buddy. All right. George, it was so great to see you and talk to you. And please come back. Please, please, please come back. Okay. Oh, anytime. You know, you, you let me know. I'm there. And hey, I want to come and see the family. Yes. Nick, Nick's seven now. What? Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting old. I'm getting so old. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Georgie, oh. it was great seeing you. Thank you for your time. And uh, just a, a fantastic catching up with you. And we'll do it again uh, as soon as it, we can. It was my pleasure. Okay. And thank you to all the fans for being so loyal to uh, the show. Aren't they great? We really yes. appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, George. Okay. Thank you so much. And uh and we'll see you soon, buddy. Take care. Be well. I will. All Take right. care. You too. Okay. Let me tell you something. He was like every morning uh he was in my trailer. We were running lines, dishing the dirt, eating, you know, he was just a great guy to hang out with. He was just a really He remembers so much I too. Know. That was why I love talking to him because yeah. he has all the great memories. Oh, he's fantastic in every way. He he upped the level uh, of that show. He really did. Anyway, wasn't that fantastic? George Bell, one of my favorite people, not just from uh, the set of Gilmore Girls, but in the world. What a what a great great guy and a fantastic human being, fantastic dialogue coach, and a fantastic actor. He couldn't do the dialogue coaching at the level he does it without being a great actor himself. He understands it. And whenever I tried to do run lines with other people to prep for the show, it just wasn't as good. It wasn't George Bell. So it was like, you know, I'd go, can you just, you know, go a little faster? Can you just give me this or that or that? And, and people just don't understand. Being a dialogue coach, that was a tough job, but he was perfect for it. And he he could play anything. He did play anything. He played all those characters. It's an intense job. Very I have intense. no idea. Yeah. I mean, all the notes he had to take and knowing this was take three, this was take five. They got it on take six. Mm -hmm. They didn't get it. it I was like, this is like mathematical. And And the thing is, is you never saw the guy working. It didn't seem like work for him. You never saw him in a bad mood. He was always jovial and happy and, and conversational. And it, it like, it's like he wasn't even working. It's, it was wild. He was always in a great mood and just so efficient with what he did. And it was just all very effortless. I mean, he was really important to that show. He was really, really key to that show. And uh, I hope somehow he gets uh, some kind of honorarium from the studio, maybe, or from the creators. Maybe an honorarium is in store. Because, <laughs> man, he contributed uh, mightily to that whole production. I think we have some questions for you, Scott. For me? Yeah. Danielle, you want to bring them in? Oh, my goodness. Here she is, Joanna. Hello. How are you? Welcome to the podcast. You. Hi, nice to meet you. Nice Very to meet surreal, you. Very surreal, but <laughs> nice and, to meet you and, guys. And where are you, um, where are you calling in from? Uh, New York City. Oh, you're in New York City. Yep. So you sent um, a pretty detailed uh, email to the show uh, pointing out the fact that I was uh, incredibly wrong about a spe some spe specificities, some, some details of the show, if I'm not mistaken. And I, I did read it. Sorry. No, 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 no. I mean, this is what we love. Like like we said uh, at the beginning of the podcast, we want feedback, you know, whether it's uh, uh, super positive and super supportive or, you know, you're correcting us. Hey, love it. That's why you're on the show. You're honesty. And we appreciate it. So go ahead and 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 let's let's discuss it. What, what did you uh, what did you see and what did you uh, feel the burning desire to point out to us? Yeah, sorry. So when you guys were talking uh, last week about how uh, Luke has been in love with Lorelai for 16 years, and, and that's not true. <laughs> it's, they actually only met about four or five years before that episode happened. Because, and you'll we, see it. You tell us how you know, because yeah, I am totally that? befuddled. Okay, so in the episode that's coming up and a little bit further down, still this season, the concert interrupt us. Actually, it's the one that um, a previous guest was talking about, 
where they go to a, a concert in the city. Anyway, in that episode, um, Rachel comes up for the first time. Ooh. And uh, when Rachel comes up, Lorelai is like, you know, just totally dumbfounded. Who's who's this? Luke had a girlfriend? What? When? And so there's this conversation that happens with Miss Patty and with Suki. And uh, it comes out that, you know, they said that he had this girlfriend, Rachel, five or six years before. And Suki says, and, and Lorelai responds, how did I miss this? Like, you know, where was I? And Suki says, well, Rory was 11. You were just moving into this house. Ah. So that's one of the times that we get timing. And then we also, later on in the series, get confirmation from something that Luke says um, that also matches up timing-wise. But so it's only been like four or five years. Have you ever, Joanne, let me, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been so deeply in love with somebody over a period of time that I'm not saying five years in a long time. One year, <laughs> one year of being in an unrequited love situation seems like four years. So if it's four or five years that I was in love with her, according to you, and I know Luke's heart was so deeply. Um, As you said. What, what is the word so deeply affected by Lorelai that it seemed like 16 years? You, I'm not saying that five years, four years isn't a long time. I'm just saying that it she's, wasn't, she's, you know, 16 can I ask years. A timeline? Can, we, can I ask a timeline question, though? So if she was just moving into the house, but she lived with that woman that owned the, the inn, right? Did they know each other? They just weren't so tight that she would have been aware of the girlfriend? Or did they not no. know each other yet? No, that, and, and this comes this comes up in this conversation. I don't want to give stuff away. No, it's okay. Um, it's okay. We we need the timeline, so it's okay. But so it, when when Luke and Laura finally go on a date, uh, and Luke says very specifically, it's like eight years he's been oh, in love with her. Okay. At that point, and that happens at the... Well, I don't want to say what happens, but that happens... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> So we I already were feel like I like I ruined some stuff for some of the people. <laughs> no, you're amazing. You're doing great. So we had the timeline a little screwy, Scott. Yeah. Yeah, and what what we were talking about on Instagram was that part of actually how it because everybody was saying how does that even make sense? Like how did she not go to Luke's? Well, when they were living in the Independence Inn, which as Rory was growing up, you know, from the age of I don't know, whatever however many months or one until she was 11 and they moved into the house. Clearly Lorelai had no money. She must've been just saving up. They didn't go to Luke's. Uh, they were, I certainly were eating for free at the independent cent. So that's how it all mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. All right. Because the independent cent is, you know, yeah. close still by. It's just. Might have known each other in passing. Maybe they knew each other just like from around town. Is there any chance? No. Oh, no my. chance. No, I think Luke knows very specifically when he first saw her. Oh, <laughs> so he loved her from, about it. We'll get into it, I'm sure, yeah. later. But Scott, you did love her at first sight. Absolutely. So, so deeply that the, the first week seemed like a month and the first year seemed like four years. That's how deeply. it was. It's like beyond <laughs> thunderstruck. Beyond. <laughs> beyond. You know what I mean? So beyond that you can't even act on it. It's so because the well, this risk is of, why we need help because yeah, we, we aren't. Well, we appreciate your thoughts. 
thank you for coming on and pointing it out. Um, Anytime. Um, Keep it coming because we're going to yeah. blow something else soon enough. <laughs> happened here and there but that's okay <laughs> and oh, uh and and it's and it's wonderful to meet you and again thank you so very very much um thank you thanks for having me on okay joanna take care well that was joanna thank you joanna for coming on love that uh you know brace us man get us you know crack the whip on us man we we love that kind of stuff thank you so much joanna um and like I said, I'm I'm sticking with the the thunderstruck. Every year was like four years for for Luke, and that's why he's that's why I said sixteen years because that's what it was like for me as an actor. Um, anyway, um, so we're gonna turn this into a two parter because we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have to recap the episode as a team. Uh, yeah, uh, and then just you know we'll drop it we'll drop a separate episode the same week. Uh, soon, because yeah, there's just so soon. much to unpack here and we need to really go into this just everybody stay tuned because we're gonna do a full recap on kiss and tell like right away absolutely so there you go um so everybody stay tuned we're gonna do a full recap of kiss and tell it's on the way it's gonna be a separate episode it's gonna this is gonna be part two of kiss and tell um Anyway, thanks, everybody, for uh, tuning in and downloading. We appreciate it. Best fans on the planet. I am Scott Patterson. Uh, this is I Am All In Podcast, iHeartRadio. We will see you soon. Don't forget, follow us on Instagram at I am all in podcast and email us at Gilmore at iHeartRadio.com. Oh, you Gilmore fans, if you're looking for the best cup of coffee in the world, go to my website for my company, ScottyP.com, S-C-O-T-T-Y-P.com, ScottyP.com, grade one specialty coffee. Ah, summer. The best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. 
And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.